Hello, everyone, and welcome to the Fisherman's Post Saltwater Podcast Series. This episode is titled Spring Reel Maintenance and Repair, and we're featuring Drew Lopez of The Real Drew, Real Repairs and Sales. We'll be covering such areas as how to clean, how to grease, how to do an overall check, and then how to maintain that reel over a whole season of fishing. My name is Gary Hurley of Fisherman's Post. Fisherman's Post has been serving the saltwater fishing community since 2003. We've been bringing you fishing reports, fishing information, fishing tournaments, fishing schools. And here in our latest and greatest chapter, the Fisherman's Post Saltwater Podcast Series, where we reach out to our captain guide friends from up and down the North Carolina coast. Um, our goal is to get more people spending more time out on the water with family and friends. And in that endeavor, in that mission, I am joined this episode, just as I am every episode, with podcast partner Billy Thorpe of Thorpe Creative. Hey, Billy, how you doing? Hey, what's up, Gary? Good to see you, man. Always a pleasure to be on the podcast with you. So always going to be fun and really excited about this episode. Um, me too, man. I think we've got a lively guest. I think my job is not going to be to get him to talk, but rather to corral him in because he has... I mean, I think he knows this. I hope I'm not. I hope I'm not shaking him up. But he has a reputation for being a little chatty. But the good <laughs> news is, man, he is full of information. He's full of knowledge, yeah. and he is motivated to share. And what I can't think of a better guest. Yeah, man, I'm excited. He was uh, he was right on the money even earlier to the to the recording than I was. I wasn't even here when he was calling in the first time. So <laughs> uh, I love people who are who are on it. So if he's if he's that way for a podcast, I bet he's even more that way for getting your reel fixed. So it'd be pretty cool to, to, <laughs> to learn from him today. Uh, but uh, yeah, I don't even know. I'm a little thrown off because I was giving him so much kudos for being on time and, and ready. But <laughs> <laughs> and but speaking of being on time, it's time for sponsors. <laughs> what a great one. That was smooth, baby. That was <laughs> smooth. You know what, Gary? We're approaching the 100th episode here in a few weeks, and I'm crushing it with these things. So, yeah, this is uh, exciting. Maybe we were even past 100 episodes at this point. I have no idea. I don't think I don't, so. That's though. why I made the look. I'm like, wait a second. Aren't we supposed to do something special? We should be dialed into what exactly <laughs> is 100. I think we got. I think we need to confer after this podcast. Yeah, we'll confirm, but we're getting pretty close. So it's pretty All exciting. Right. And along the whole way, Marine Warehouse Center has been with us since episode five. I got a quick message from those guys. We'll be right back. At Marine Warehouse, we have everything. We have new boats, we have parts, we have accessories, new trailers. We have a complete service department with highly trained technicians. Anything you need to get out on the water, we have. At Marine Warehouse Center, as we've grown over the last few years, now have a large section of marine supplies from start to finish for all your boating needs. What I love about this region is to be able to get out on the water, and also we love to be able to get you out on the water. The best part of working at Marine Warehouse is being able to get involved with the customers and share a love for the water. Oh, great dudes. Great. Yeah. Great. Great team all, all around from, from Lil helping us get all this stuff together for the, for the sponsorship and, uh, the crew over there helping people keep their boats up and selling them. I mean, ta I mean, they got a little bit of everything. They got tackle and bags and all kinds of stuff over there. So not just for, they do. it's boats. a big operation and you know, yeah. they, they service the fish post boat. They currently have my boat, man. They are getting me ready for the season ahead. And so, 
you know, I, I tout them and I use them. I don't just yeah. tout them, but I also use them and use them happily. Yeah, they got one of my boats. I have, I've not found the money yet to pay for it, but they got it. It's sitting in the lot. I'm excited. Yeah, when you do get that boat, I bet they do good work on that too. Man. You do the best. You do the best work. I'll bring my canoe in there and see if they can help me. <laughs> and, but and I can tell you that Terrell called, and uh, you might hear it in my voice a little bit. I'm getting over a cold. And when Terrell called, he's like, hey, man, you want to hear a joke? I was like, I'd probably prefer some chicken noodle soup, maybe a magazine or two to read. And he said, no, man, I ain't got that, but I got a joke for you. So in, sp- in, in place of chicken soup in a magazine, here is Terrell's latest joke. Are you ready, Billy? I'm ready. Again, Terrell's joke, not mine. Sure. Which type of vegetable, which type of vegetable is banned from boats? I mean, is a banana a vegetable? Because I've heard that's a thing, but... Is are you seriously asking me if banana is a vegetable? <laughs> I didn't pay attention in first Before grade. I reply, I just want to make sure I understand the question. <laughs> you're hearing stuff. You've had a cold. You're not feeling good. You're hearing stuff. I didn't say banana. That would be great. That would okay. be bananas if I said bananas. Well, what Terrell <laughs> says is, what vegetables banned from ship from boats? Leeks. I don't even know what that is. It's a type of onion. Oh. I hate onions, so there we go, Gary. That's why. Anyway, but I'll tell you what I do love is I love Bland Landscaping Company, and you guys should go check them out. If you're looking for a new career this year, Bland Landscaping Company is looking for men and women who love to be outdoors, uh, who want to wake up early, get their stuff done, get home, get on the boat, uh, be with their family, be with their friends. And so they reach out to us. They're fans of the podcast and really enjoy it. And they are um, of the outdoorsman culture. And so they want to support other people that love the outdoors and, and are looking for a real career opportunity, not just a job and punching a time clock, but come in and help them build something great over there. So appreciate those guys. Yeah, man, I like I like the sound of getting to work early and then getting off work early and then having, you know, what feels like part of the day. I hate when I just work and it feels like the whole day goes. So I like their approach. If you're outdoorsy centered, get them in early, get them home early, and then they can play outside and still enjoy life. I mean, I like if I could get paid by not working. So if you guys got one of those positions <laughs> open, give me a call. I'll come running. <laughs> All right. Okay. All right, yeah, I'm going to show you a fish picture so we can get talking about reels, something really cool besides what I'm doing here. All right, here we go. Yeah, Luke Brady uh, caught this pair, pair of Spanish mackerel while casting a metal spoon for, from the Rodanthe Pier. Uh, Good-looking good looking fish there, man. It's a good catch. I guess he walked down yeah, to the beach to take a picture of it, though, and see it on the pier. You know, it happens some down the Wilmington way from the coast, but it happens more. It certainly happens more up there, more Spanish from the surf. And I, I think, you know, not that it doesn't happen down there. It just happens more up there, I think, too. It's yeah. a cool catch. Yeah, man. One one time, Gary, I'll tell you a fish story. One time I was, I caught some fish. One of the five times I've been fishing. Anyway, <laughs> I'm not doing very good. I'm going to pass the mic to you, and I'm going to be quiet and now. I think that photo was selected in part because I'm going to guess that Drew, working on reels, has seen some sand in the reels. I think that was part of the reason that oh. surf photo was picked. With that reel out on the beach. I mean, maybe I'm wrong. We'll let Drew tell me if he ever finds sand in any of the reels he services. I bet not. I bet not. People take care of their stuff. Well, look, (laughs) I want you to be paying attention because I'm coming back to you for Billy's best takeaway. You know, and at the end of the show, in addition to Billy's best takeaway, 
We're going to plug Buy Me a Coffee, and we're going to try to get some more support for the show. But right now, focused on Billy's best takeaway as I turn away and bring Drew on the show. Cool with you? Got it. Let's go. All right. Well, it is my pleasure to introduce Drew Lopez of The Real Drew, The Real Drew being real repairs and sales, and to talk about maintenance and cleaning. Drew, welcome to the show, man. Pleasure to have you on. I'm pleased. Thank you very much for the opportunity to pitch my business. <laughs> um, no problem, man. I know you've. I know you have a wealth of knowledge. I know you see a lot of reels and have seen a lot of reels. And so I have those questions. Again, I sort of approach this like I'm looking at my reels, wondering, you know, what exactly should I do? Like, how much attention do I need to pay to them to get ready for another season? And I'm sure we'll get to all of that. But as is tradition on the podcast. There are two questions for every guest before we get on to the main event. And you tell me you're ready. I'll give you question number one. Go ahead. Shoot. All right. Question number one, Drew, why should we listen to anything you have to say about real maintenance and repair? Why? I've been doing this for 25 years. Um, I started out in New Jersey working for charter captains and uh, taking apart squitters, jig masters, and all those uh, pen reels and putting them together, cleaning them up. I also worked on party boats uh, at the age of 12 out of Shipset Bay in Brooklyn. So I got my knowledge from a lot of the older gentlemen that I fished with and worked with. So I think I know pretty much about what I'm doing with reels. Um, that's a fair answer. That certainly moves you on to question number two. Question number two, as tradition goes, is a non-topic related question. Real maintenance deals with oil and lube. So I got a question for you about oil and lube. <coughs> question number one, excuse the cough. What is the most popular cooking oil? Crisco. Maybe that is. And when I did the internet search, it said uh, olive oil, extra What's virgin it? olive oil. So I, uh, actually, I think uh, you might be right if we're going brand. Yeah. And I was yeah, going brand. type. Uh, oh, okay. So I'm going to count it. All right, hold on. I apologize. I need a sip. Question number two has to do with lube, which means that's an, an opportunity for me to ask you a question about sex lube. One of the most popular sex lubes out there is Astroglide. Is Astroglide an oil-based lubricant, a water-based lubricant, or a silicone-based lubricant? Water-based. You know your Astroglide. We can <laughs> proceed with the main event. All right. So here I am. I'm, I'm like other people. I'm looking at a, an array of reels that I used a varying amounts last year and then sort of put away for the winter. Walk me through, man. The average fisherman, the average reel owner, multiple reels. What should we be thinking about first as we start to plan on the season ahead, getting ready? Well, first thing you have to do is take the line and look at your line because your line usually after a year, it's probably on its way out. So you strip the line off and then you look at your spool. Make sure the spool doesn't have any grooves in it, any, any dents, things, any marks that would snap the line while you're fishing. Uh, the next thing is to, to look at your drags. Well, hey, drag can I, I want to ask a follow-up? Because I do have the question about line. So you're saying take the, all the line off and then go all the way down to the spool just to see completely what you're working with? Yep. Yep. I... I, I I basically strip all my reels. After a season, I'll strip all my reels. No matter how much line I've used or whatever, I'll strip it all down. It's because the salt gets into the, into the line, and the salt in North Carolina 
happens to be the worst salt to be fishing in because it's really thick and heavy salt and it corrodes quick. So, so you're stripping my... and throwing that line away. You're not stripping and then putting it back on. You're, you're replacing um, line every year. Um, every year. Take it. I mean, I have a Planto big box of Andy Munster line that I love. That's a professional line. It's a uh, blue and yellow, like a real Royal blue and, and visible yellow, high vis yellow. And I use that religiously. It's what about my braid? My go-to. I mean, you just cost me a few hundred bucks. Uh, braid, braid is different. Braid, you could go maybe a year and a half, but you, you got to look at what the braid looks like, because braid ends up fraying after a while because of the salt. That's another thing you have to think of. Braid isn't cheap. Braid is very expensive, but in a in a in a real world. Braid does have its good parts and bad parts. Braid does cut eyes and on, on your uh, on your rods. It, it'll groove, groove, put grooves in your eyes, in your guides, and it also will cut into the spool after a while. So, me personally, I like to use braid basically in my backwaters to for trout, drum. You know, uh, when I do. Bottom fishing, I like to go with mono. All right. Well, I'm gonna I'm gonna get two seasons out of my braid. I am not financially <laughs> in a position where I can replace braid every year. I'm not even positive I'm in a position where I can replace it every two years. I am gonna call Intercoastal Angler and find out what kind of kickback you get from telling everyone to trash braid after a year and a half. But I'm gonna I, I take you at face value. <laughs> I'm gonna take you at face value. And I think after line, you were starting to tell me about wa- uh, washers, or you're talking about drag. I'm sorry, I don't remember. Drag, drag, drag washers. Um, the the newer reels now that Penn puts out, they and Shimano, is they have these felt washers, which after I don't know about three four months, they look like spaghetti. They like just fall apart. So me, I like carbon fiber washers. Drag washes, they're a little bit more expensive, but they'll last you a whole season with the drag tightened down all the time, which to me makes more sense. If I'm going to spend $2 for a drag washer or a dollar for a, a, a felt washer, I'd rather spend the extra dollar and have something that's going to last longer and, and to me is going to work a lot better. And is changing, replacing my drag washers is that something that the general angler can do? Or are we getting in a place where I, I need to pay someone to do it? I mean, I, I know I can do it, but can I do it yeah. relatively easily? Yes, yes. It's just a clip that goes inside the spool. You just take the clip out and then all your drag washes, usually on a spinning reel at 2,500 or 3,000, 4,000. There's usually two to three drag washes. And you just... They come out very easily, and then you just clean up the metal and replace and put it back and put the clip back in, and then you're done. Right on. So not only am I maintaining, but I'm upgrading if I'm getting rid of my felt drag washers. Right, absolutely, which will save you if you're into a big fish, landing that fish or losing that fish. And so this might be a good time for me to sort of interject. I know in our, in our show notes where we're setting up the show, we're saying we're going to talk about spinning and we're going to talk about conventional. 
So this conversation about drag washers, does this apply whether or not I'm gearing up my conventionals or if I'm gearing up my spinners? No, just your spinners. Your conventional, you have to take you have to take it apart. And a lot of people who take it apart can't get it back together and it ends up on my bench. <laughs> okay. So. so if I'm looking at the washer replacement maintenance, spinner, green light, conventional, might want to think about calling either real drew or someone like the real drew right anybody that knows how to take apart a reel and replace out of the main out of the main gear and then put back in and then put it back together you know that it's not a simple thing some people think it's simple but once they get it apart then they look at it and they go where did this part come from where did that part go so you oh, end yeah, up in a, like a, yeah <laughs> I have a guy, uh, just to get off track for a second, I have a guy in my fishing club that takes apart reels and ends up on my bench because he can't put it back together. So, <laughs> Well, good so, for him to know his limitations. <laughs> I like a perpetual yeah. optimist. I love that he keeps trying <laughs> and keeps failing. I, I actually like yeah. that story. Yeah. Well, all right, line and drag washers. What else am I sort of going over here at the beginning of the season before I'm even really starting? Okay. Um, the main thing are bearings on, on your reels. You have some reels have four bearings, some reels have three bearings. It's all according to how old and how new the reels are. The newer reels have more bearings. The older pen, like the uh, Spin Fisherman, uh, first generation, second and third and fourth and fifth gener fourth generation, they only have three bearings. So it's it's just the three bearings you have to worry about. Bearings are very important because that helps the, the reel spin. You know, it's the ball bearings that, that makes it easier for the handle to turn, the uh, shaft to go in and out, and, uh, and for the pinion gear to move around also. So what am, I, what, what am I doing with these bearings? I'm just giving them an eyeball test to see if they have uh, integrity, actually, or what are you advising me? Actually, what I like to do is I get WD-40, and I put it, you know, in the little cups that you get from... Uh, from like uh, when you have dinner and they give you the little like salad dressing in the cup, I yep. take that cup and I squirt WD-40 in there to like half the cup and I drop the bearings in there and I let them soak overnight. Um, the rubber bearings, the rubber sealed bearings, you, you'd like to soak for about 20 to 30 minutes because the rubber will, dis will break down and disappear. Uh, with the DW, with the WD-40, but the uh, the metal casings, just drop them in, leave them in overnight, and then take them out, and then put your finger on the uh, inside of the bearing and then spin it. If it spins smooth, just wipe it down and put it back in your reel. All right, so I'm gonna make I'm gonna ask you to break it down even more than that. So we're talking about spinning reels, right? And how am I how am I accessing these bearings? How easy is it to get these bearings out? And we're talking about bearings in a case. We're not talking about pulling out individual right. like BB right. bearings. And then right. finally, right. Right. I'm going to just throw a bunch at you. As someone like me going to know the difference between rubber sealed and regular bearings? Oh, without a doubt. Without a doubt. A rubber sealed bearing, it, you can see it's a, either black, blue. Uh, it's a black rubber coating on top of the bearing. And then the regular sealed metal bearings, it's just a metal seal. It's a different type. Uh, bearings are easy to get to. 
uh, you take the handle off, you take the plate, you take the, the three or four screws, whatever, for the plate, you take the plate off, there's a bearing right there. You just put your finger or a screwdriver and push the bearing out and it comes right out. Then you have to disassemble the shaft to get the, the main gear out and there's another bearing on the other side. You do the same thing, you pop it out with a screwdriver, it comes right out. So those are your two, two main bearings right there. And then the third bearing, you have to take the rotor off of the spinning, which is a screw and a nut, and then you pull it off and then you'll see your pinion gear. And usually it has like a U-shaped metal piece that you take the two screws off and then the whole thing will come out. And then you have your anti-reverse unit, which we'll get into too. Uh, your, your two bearings that are in there or one bearing, and then everything just slips out and then you just put that all in the, uh, you know, the DWD-40. All right. And rubber seal about 20 minutes, metal seal, yeah, metal seal 24 overnight. hours yeah, yeah. overnight. You want to, because anybody that does any surf fishing, and I heard Billy in the beginning of the show, yes, I have had reels with sand in it. I'll tell you a great story. There was a guy that brought me a reel. He said he got it from, from underwater. I said, how'd you get it? He says, well, I call it a nurse shark off of Wrightsville Beach. And when I reeled it in, it had a rod and a reel hooked up to it. And it was still swimming in there and it had to be there for at least a couple of weeks. So when I opened it up, there was a ton of sand that just fell out onto my floor. I fixed the reel, it works perfectly. I just had the reel for maintenance uh, two days ago and it's still in great shape. Oh, um, that is a good story. I, like, I do like that. So, <laughs> so, the, so the bearings are one of the main, so we've, I mean, I like this, like this is, I'm, I'm following this conversation because I don't like to admit this, but I'm not very hands-on. I, I depend on the kindness of strangers, <laughs> both when it comes to catching fish and maintaining and buying my tackle and gear. And so I haven't gotten my hands too dirty with my reels, but I'm, I'm hoping this podcast, you know, sets me up to finally tackle the project myself. Although I might be calling you real Drew, you know, we'll see. <laughs> so we've done line, we've done washers, we've done bearings. What else? You have, you have your main gear, which is, uh, the gear that goes onto the pinion gear. It has two gears. It has the gear that, turns the pinion gear and on the bottom there's another set of gears that turns the block gear which turns the block which pulls the the uh the shaft in and out which makes the the rotor turn and the spool coming in and out of it um usually a lot nine out of ten times you have to look at the teeth on the main gear because the main gear teeth on the newer reels are made out of cast aluminum and they do smoothen down a little bit so you end up getting a little bit of a thump when you're turning the handle and that's what's causing it because the uh the teeth on the main gear is is smoothing out and so that's a replacement situation i can't clean my way yeah. out of that condition i have yeah, to replace no, that's, that's my a, way out of that situation that's a, that's a replacement yes but you have to if you're doing maintenance, if you're doing real maintenance, you have, those are the things you have to look at, especially if you're going to get ready for the spring and you're going to use that reel, you know, on bigger fish. Because if it's got smooth spots on it, when you're reeling the fish, you're going to feel it giving and it'll slip. And the fish will just either spit the hook or 
or break the line, either one of the two. I mean, but that's a big, that's a big thing in a reel in maintenance and in, in, in your spring maintenance is those uh, gears. When I take off the reel plate and I start poking around in there for bearings and gears, um, I are most reel owners looking at a, an environment that needs to be cleaned up? Like, I mean, I know your one story about this, the sand is extreme, but for general use, man, and I'm not even surf fishing, you know, with these set of reels, this is more my boat reels. Am I still going to need to be prepared to like clean out the inside when I open up the plate or no, it stays pretty good in there. No, it's uh, unless it's a sealed, like this, just certain reels that have the uh, rubber seal on them. So the water gets in is like uh, seven or eight seals on, the, on the new spin fisherman, sixes, fives, clashes, uh, uh, slammers. They all have seals on them. So they're water, pretty much watertight. So nothing really gets into them salt water but your your lower end like your battles your conflicts uh you know and some of your uh, shimano reels don't have the uh the, the seals so yes as soon as you take it apart you will have to clean out the inside and my motto is more grease is not better okay so what i'm cleaning out is old grease as well as salt or any other collectives that have gathered out over the season and the right. best way to clean not well you'll tell me the best way to clean out old grease i guess just grab it with a paper towel but what about the just the insides in general am i using like air am i blowing it with air am i using an old toothbrush like what do you got for me i i have a ton of toothbrushes <laughs> i use toothbrushes i also use a rod pen rod and reel cleaner and uh it's one of my secrets, but uh, I guess because of this podcast, I might as well let it go out. But you soak the real body after you strip everything out of it. You soak the body in, in the solution for about 20 minutes and then take a toothbrush and then just brush it all, the grease, and then take towels. Like, you know, I use uh, these uh, blue towels and stuff. You know, like a shop towel. Uh, yeah. Yeah. Like a blue towel. I mean, you could see all the grease. So, you know, you know, there's a lot of grease on there, but uh, I use those and I use a, a fine screwdriver, a thin screwdriver, and I just wipe it all down from inside. It looks like when I'm finished, it actually looks like the reel just came out of a factory. It's clean, shiny, no grease. And uh, basically what I like to do is start from scratch. I like to put my own grease in. And I use a paintbrush that I use for my rod building, that I use for the epoxy to, to do the, uh, the guides. I use that paintbrush and I paint on the grease, the lubricant grease, whatever, whatever you want to use. And uh, you control what you put on. And the main points where I am putting on my grease lubricant Again, are areas we've already talked on. Like, what am I? Uh, what am I re-greasing to get ready for a year? Especially okay. since you just told me you don't like to see excessive grease in there. Right, right, right. Absolutely. So there's the cross-block gear, which is a small gear that goes on a stud. You grease underneath that, and then you put it back on, and then turn it with your finger. If it moves freely, then you got enough grease. Then it's the cross-block, which the uh, shaft hooks into. You put it underneath, there's a slot in the block. You put it underneath and then on both corners where it slides back and forth on the reel. 
and then you you grease the uh, the bottom sprocket on the main gear, the main gear and the pinion gear, and then your bearings. You put a little grease on your bearings to keep the bearings greased and ready to go. I'm going to pretend like I followed everything you just said. I mean, I followed what you said, but I didn't know exactly what you're talking about inside that reel. But I'm going to pretend like I did and go, all right, I'm, now I'm set. But anything you said, I mean, every, anything comes with some trial and error. Everything comes with perhaps some follow-up. You know, if I'm intent to do it myself, I'm guessing some like YouTube research or something just to help make sure, or even owner's manual to make sure I Gary, know these points that you just identified. Does that sound Gary, sage? You, 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 go, you, go on, you go on any pen website and you pull up a schematic. Schematic has a breakdown of every part that's in that reel. And it's got a number. If you look at the number, you, you see what it is and, you, and you, you read what it is. So you know if it's the cross block or the cross block gear, you can see it. It shows you what it looks like. So you know exactly what part you're playing with. But schematics, I pull up schematics even though I've been doing this for 25 years. You know, there's a change. Penn changes their schematics every so often without telling people. So a lot of times their reels are, add, they add parts to their reels. And then when you take it apart, oh, this part's not on the schematic. So you have to pull up another schematic. All right. So... I know we've been talking about how to clean, and I know we just touched on how to grease. I know in our show pre-show notes, we talked about, you know, also performing like an overall check. I'm not sure. Like, you tell me, is there more to clean? Is there more to grease? Or are we, is it about time well, to go sh shift over to the overall check? Well, there's one other thing you want to grease is the, uh, the uh, uh, anti-reverse gear. It's a, okay. a sleeve that has another sleeve that goes over with little pieces of metal inside of it, which keeps it from going back and forth. The, the metal, uh, I guess, grabs, it grabs the metal, metal on metal grabs, so it only goes one way. And then you have the anti-reverse switch, which makes it go the other way because it, it takes the metal out, out of it. So it pushes the metal up. These are like metal I'm that inside of inside. You, I'm greasing that on the inside or on the outside? On the inside of the of the sleeve. You're doing the inside, which goes over the pinion gear. Okay. And and that'll keep it nice and tight in there, the grease. Believe it or not, grease also tightens things, makes them tighter. It doesn't make them looser, it makes them tighter, which is what you want. You don't want a reel that's gonna spin hundred miles an hour because that means there's no grease in it. You want something okay. that's going to have a little tension on it, so you could feel what you what when you're reeling, you could feel the reel moving. Okay. Um, then what else? I mean, I guess now. I mean, I, I, that's why I wanted to ask. I was sure we wasn't hit. Or I thought we might not have hit everything. Is what are my some of my final checks or some of the, just the general reviews you do beyond what we've already mentioned? Well, my final check is when I put it all back together. I want to make sure. The reel doesn't have any any noise to it when it's turning, like a thumping noise or something that it, that I might not have put in right. Uh, you want to make sure the anti-reverse works right. You want to make sure the bearings are in right. I mean, that's that's the last minute, you know, check. Once that's done 
and the reel works fine and the drag works good when you put line on it and you pull out and you tighten it all the way down and it doesn't pull, then you're done with the reel. Then the reel is in good shape, ready to go, and you're ready for spring. All right. I, I do have a, another area where I find I, I need to sometimes give some attention. And that is like, it seems to me that like as a sum of my spinners age, I have some issues with the bales closing completely, closing easily. And then it also seems that like the line guide on the bale can start to get a little noisy, just not as quiet and as smooth as I'm used to out of the box. What do you got right. for me if I'm experiencing that? That's, that's a, that's an issue because the bell has a spring with like, it looks like a spike with a head on it that goes into the uh, bale arm. And if that gets corroded, it will snap and then your bale won't snap back and forth quickly or it won't even snap back and forth. And then your line roller, usually the salt gets in that roller and then it, it, it uh, actually stops it from rolling. So if you could get the screw out without having to drill it out, you take that off and you take the whole roller guide assembly out and then you clean it up and then grease it. Or I like to use oil on that, not grease because oil lubricates better, you know, on that, on that part of the reel than the grease would. And, okay. uh, you know, once you get it back together, it should spin nicely because there's no real, unless you're on a high end reel, like the two, 300, $400 reels, they have bearings in there, very small bearing casings, case bearings. And uh, those usually have a tendency to freeze up. And that's what keeps the real baler line, line from going around, you know, the line roller so, from going around. So uh, odds are, if I bring you, if I were to bring you a couple of reels that were having some issues with the bale, are you most often able to fix them or are you most often having to replace them nine out of ten times i could fix it oh you know okay if it's not if it's not beyond fixing i mean you know a lot of people wait to the, the last minute to fix their reels which is the wrong thing to do basically i like to service my reels every six to eight months that's me because they're my reels and if you ever see my collection of rods and reels they all look brand new and they've been used. I use them a lot. And, uh, you know, I like to do that, but a lot of people wait till the last minute and then that salt just hardens up and you can't get that screw off. Once you can't get that screw out, it's done. Then I have to replace the whole arm baler and everything. All right, man. Uh, is, I think this might be, again, I, I just like to check in with you before I move on. But is this the part of the show, of your show, where we go now to advice for the angler of what to do to better take care of their reels over the course of the season, not getting ready for the season? Yes. Over the course of the season, uh, basically, people like to spray their reels with fresh water. I like to take the hose and put it on jet and really stream the water inside the reels, down, side, handle, uh, on a conventional reel, I like to spray it inside where the spool is, you know, where the two metal uh, rings are in there. I like to, I'll hose my reels down for a good five minutes, you know, and, and the rods too. I do the line, you know, all the guides and everything, and, and even the hooks. Hooks, especially if you have lures, 
hooks will rust if you don't wash off the salt. And then, and then if you have an expensive lure, you're going to have to be changing the hooks so often. But basically, so, jet it in, wash it down, try to get as much salt out of there as possible. And then your reel will last a longer, lot longer if you do that. So I, I am sitting here listening to this thinking to myself, I believe I've been told to like mist the reels to like not use forced water because forced water might push imperfections further into areas I don't want them to be that I should nope. more gently rinse. And nope. now you're I, I telling listen. me and you're my podcast expert on reels. Yeah. You're telling me that I've gotten bad advice. Yep. I've been doing this since I'm 12 years old on party boats. I have been using a jet on all my reels and I haven't had one issue. I don't take apart my reels, you know, except for the end of the year to replace stuff or to look at it or regrease it and stuff. During the season, I never take apart my reels. Why? Because I'm putting water in there and getting the imperfections out. It's pushing the imperfections in and out. There, there are holes in the bottom of the reels. There's little pinholes that push out stuff, push out water, push out garbage or whatever you get in it. Not every reel has it, but most, mostly uh, the high-ender reels will have a little bit of a, a gap where water could come out from. But basically, I, I've, I've done that for, I don't know, I'm 65. I've been doing it since I'm 12. So you figure out the math. No. I don't want to figure out that math. <laughs> I'm just kidding. It's a long time. Hey, I'm going to believe. It. I mean, you're my, you're the real Drew. Years. I'm going to believe you. I just wanted to bring up what, you know, I had been given. Yeah, and yeah. I'll, I'll, I'm going to ask you something else, a piece of advice I've been told over the years. And, you know, I'm just going to ask you about your, your value of importance of this. And it makes total sense to me with my grouper rods. Of course, I'm not going to leave those drags cranked all the way down when I put them back in the garage and wait for the next bottom trip. So I back off on locking down the drags. And is that basically advice across the board, whether it's conventional or spin, like you just don't want to store with much drag tension at all. You want to back off all reels every time they go inside. Back off, yeah. Back off every drag, all the drags, back them all the way off. You don't need And why want, is what that? What's the for? effect if I don't? What, what that, what happens there is you, you keep a drag, tighten all the way down for a couple of weeks and it leaves it in the garage. First of all, you damage the drag washers. Then you damage the drag. All the metal that's in there, all the, there's metal. The, you got the graphite, you know, the, the carbon fiber drag washers and then you have metal to go with it. Those will press. And if they press enough on there, the drag washers will hook up to them. They'll, they'll stick to them. And then once they stick to them, your drag doesn't work anymore. So I, that's my big thing. That's my pet peeve. After I finish using a reel, back off the drag and then store it in the garage after washing it down. All right. I'm going to be more vehemently in my rinsing. I'm going to continue to back off on the drags, not just the group of rods, but all the rods. Every rod and then, you use. Huh? Every rod you use. Just Every back rod. Off the drag. Conventional yeah. spinner. Doesn't and make then, a difference. Just back off the drags. What else, man? I, I guess um, you know, we're we're coming here to the end of the podcast. We're getting to the point of final thought. We might not be to the final thought yet. I feel like this has been, and I think I feel like it's been spinning dominant, but that makes sense to me because I'm most of us have more spinners right. than conventionals. 
But if I were to ask you to give the conventional real owners a little bit of love right now, any other advice specific for conventionals that we haven't had a chance to share yet? Sure. Uh, most conventional reels are put together with five screws, eight screws. If you were to take off the non-handle plate, and that will, most, most reels, non, uh, conventional reels have a non-handle plate that comes off. And then you pull the spool out, you could get to like all the, all the inner workings to look at inside of a, a conventional reel, you know, on the handle side without having to take it all apart. You know, unless you're changing the drag washers, which is you have to take it apart. There's no, no ifs, ands, or buts. But at least you could get to look at it, maybe clean a little lube off of it, you know, take a little uh, grease off, maybe add a little grease. You know, I mean, it's easier to take a non-handle side off than the handle side because the handle side, sometimes you have more things going on with the handle itself. With the newer reels, they have like uh, beveled uh, washes that have to go, you know, counter to keep the drag to, from, to go into the way it's supposed to be, especially lever drags. There's a whole big issue with the lever drags. I mean, we could get into a lever drag uh, for, for days. But uh, that's, that's, for me, for a conventional reel, it's the easiest way to do it is just take off the non-handle side, pull the spool out, clean up the bearings that are in there. Most of the bearings that are in there are, are just regular screws that are, that are bearings, that they use for bearings. Um, most reels have bearings, but if you take that non-handle side off, you'll, you'll be able to see everything that's going on with that reel. All right, and now I'm, to move this to conclusion... I don't want you to mention the worst performers because who knows, I might, Fisherman's Post might have a relationship with them, but I think it's certainly fair for you to get, tell us a couple, a couple of the best performers, reels that you rarely see. And when you see it's all minor stuff and they have a long shelf life, what would you give for me? What would you tell me? I would tell you a B&G, Daiwa B&G, a Fiego, Daiwa Fiegos. I've never seen them. And when I do see them, they're only for maintenance, you know, just grease and oil. Never, never had a problem with them. I have five or six of them. Never have problems with them. Uh, the battles, the battles are pretty solid reel. I mean, people don't like them, but I think they're pretty solid reels. The new Battle 3s are really solid reels. The, the Battle 3 DH is on the same as the Clash and the Slammer. It, and it's what a about really a conventional? Conventional, I'll tell you what, I, I, I'm a pen guy, I love Shimano. Uh, TLD25s, 2015s, uh, Tutoriums, uh, Speedmaster 2s, I mean, all of those are great, solid reels. I own every one of them, I use them for grouper. I love them, bottom fishing. I mean, the pen reels, I don't know, the Warfare is not very good as far as I, I look at the old jig masses, the old squid is, you know, the old senators, four Oh, six Oh, three Oh. I mean, they're all solid reels cause they're old and they're built well, but I'm not too much on the, uh, the newer pen stuff. You know, I'm more into Shimano and Daiwa to salt you know, on a higher end is the salt I like those reels a lot better than, than a lot of the conventional pens. Well, I'm, I'm glad I asked you not to diss any reels because that limited you'd only dissing 
a handful reel. of reels. What if I had yeah. told you not to diss at all? You might have blown every relationship I had. I don't I don't know, yeah. Drew. This no, was I, a good I, podcast. I mean, you know, you got to be truthful. I mean, you know, I, I, I'm truthful when I when I come when it comes to reels and, and people bring it to me, I tell them exactly which ones are good, which ones are bad. Sometimes people I'm in intercoastal. Some people ask me, you know, what would you what would you buy? You know, if you were buying a reel, I give them my opinion. Well, Drew, I have thoroughly enjoyed our talk. It was just how I imagined it. Um, you being freely sharing of information and giving us your insights. And, uh, I, you know, I look forward to us fishing together in 2022. And I appreciate the relationship, Drew. Appreciate it very much. Oh, it's my pleasure. Anytime. If you ever need me again, just give me a call. Okay, I'm man. Always Thanks again, Drew. You're welcome. Have a good evening. You too. Bye-bye. Billy. Gary, what's up, my man? <laughs> that was really good. No pun intended. Loved it. It was cool. Could Great you follow? Um, no, not really. You know, I, I tried to, but I'm like, I'm not a schematic. When, he, said, when he, he lost me a schematic, I was like, you know what? I'm just going to take it and let you fix it. <laughs> like, that's where I went. I went to this, like, lazy. I feel like I'm a techie guy when it comes to, like, wires and lights and cables and microphones. But when it comes to little washers and parts and grease and oil, I'm like, you know what? Forget it. I'm going to let somebody else smarter than me handle that. I was really trying. As I admitted, there are some points. But, yeah, like you just follow the schematics. But I, I was definitely having some uh, Beavis and Butthead moments where I was just sort of giggling at shaft and in and out and nuts <laughs> and screws and lubes. So I was definitely having my Beavis and Butthead moment during that podcast. But, no, man, he did great. I mean, it's very technical without, you know, the ability to do visual displays or to walk it out for you on a table. Like, I think he did a fantastic job of yeah. priming us, priming us as in the general audience, you know, to be a, at least a little bit more self-sufficient when it comes to real maintenance and repair. Yeah, and, and really a good reminder just to, like, go get it done so you don't have to replace it. You know, you spend this money, you know, you mentioned several expensive reels there at the end, and it's like you spent the money, you might as well spend the money to keep it up. Because so. you don't, your time on the water is precious. You don't yeah. want things to go wrong when you finally get everything together and you're actively fishing. You want everything, yeah. your boat, your reel, the the engine, everything to work predictably. Like it would, you would kick yourself if the reel blacked out when you were yeah. looking to make a memory. Unless, of course, you want to go on a bunch of trips and use other people's gear like Gary. Then you can start a fishing newspaper. And let me know. I can help you start your fishing podcast. <laughs> I highly recommend it. I highly recommend fishing the way Gary does. I don't understand why more people don't just go with guides and captains all the time. I don't understand it. It's the way to do it. Yeah, don't worry about that drag. It doesn't matter. You're not going to use it anyway. <laughs> <laughs> not mine. <laughs> it's not mine. Forget it. Pick that thing up. Let's go. <laughs> well, I did get a couple takeaways. One, Gary, I got a takeaway that you are a mister, not a jetter. Maybe that will change after today. You'll become a mister. <laughs> and then Drew has been jetting, jet spraying his reels for 53 years since you guys are bad at math. That I was able to use my calculator with no one seeing me. So there you go. 53 years cleaning reels like that. So that's a little testament to it's fine to spray the heck out of them. Well, yeah. All right. Anyway. Green light. 
Yeah, exactly. And then to do a little bit of a sponsor setup here, uh, one, we want to thank our current sponsors, Marine Warehouse Center, Bland Landscaping Co. And then if Drew, our guest, uh, did not make you feel super happy about mentioning one of your products, feel free to write us a sponsorship check, and we'll make sure everyone knows how great it is. Uh, and I will use it all the time now. <laughs> but seriously, if you want to sponsor the show, reach out to me. It's billy at fishermanspost.com. Would love to have you on as a sponsor. And we don't, it's funny, we have a fishing show and we don't have one tackle company on the show. It seems like that would be a, a no brainer, but you know, whatever. It's what it is. Maybe somebody will call me. People, people are going to come on board in 2022, man. They are going to reward our efforts. They're going to show our, uh, their appreciation. And more so, they're just going to want to join our fishing community, this yeah. podcast fishing community, Fisherman's Post fisherman community so i'm i'm excited about 2022 excited about bringing more podcasts excited about warm weather coming and talking about fishing not just getting ready for fishing and boating and uh but man this is this is getting me closer to the goal of getting a line wet and you know bending a rod yeah man it sounds good bending someone else's rod getting someone else's line wet gary good for you i'm yes. happy <laughs> yes all right. Well, we'll see you guys in the next episode. It's been too much fun, and my dad jokes are not on point, so I'm out of here. All right. <laughs> see you, Gary. Later, man.